This is Talk of the Town on Magic 590 AM, also heard on 100.5 FM. I'm Bob Cudmore. Later in the program, we'll be joined by the City of Albany's Water Commissioner, Joe Coffey. But right now, we have constituent questions for the Mayor of Albany, Kathy Sheehan. Uh, you can send in your questions to Ask Kathy with a K at albanyny.gov. First question, uh, Mayor. My next door neighbor blares the music really loud late into the night. What can the city do? Well, we do regulate loud music. So if it is loud enough to wake you up, uh, it's probably too loud. You can call the police. You know, we do encourage neighbors to talk to one another, Mm -hmm. maybe not in the middle of the night, but maybe if you, uh, you know, see the person during the day, you can, you know, tell them that their music is waking you up at night and that it's concerning. But if you feel that that's not going to be a course that's successful, you can contact the non-emergency number. That's 438-4000. What happens is that the police will come out, the complaint is anonymous, and usually the first time they'll ask the person to turn it down. If it happens again, they can be issued a ticket, and then it can escalate all the way up to a summons. So the city can do something, but maybe it'd be better if we all could just get along. Well, that would help. (laughs) Certainly, you know, blaring music late into the night isn't exactly being neighborly. So um, if anyone's out there listening and, uh, you know, maybe uh, (laughs) guilty of that, uh, they can turn it down. Okay. Uh, The next question. I would love to get rid of my car and to live a little more environmentally friendly, but I could never rely on the taxi service in the city of Albany. What's the city doing about bringing Uber into the city? Uh, I'd bring Uber into the city tomorrow if I could. Uh, It's going to require some state legislation. Uh, Governor Cuomo has been in favor of allowing Uber in New York State, and so we're hopeful that the legislature will uh, pass legislation to bring car sharing here. Share, the sharing economy is is here to stay. It is um, something that I think young people are expecting, but it also is and, and much more used to, but I think it's something that can be beneficial to everyone. We're also looking on a regional solution to the taxi problem. John McDonald, who's our assembly member, is working on creating a more regional taxi service here in the city of Albany. And the other thing that somebody could do if they are interested in getting away from their own car is to look into capital car share. Uh, we have capital car share in Albany. Uh, you become a monthly member. It ranges anywhere from $5 to $30 a month. And then you pay hourly for a car. So if it's something that you only need occasionally to go shopping, um, it is also a way to be able to get around and save money. So uh, I would encourage somebody to, to look at capital car share as well. A story that was in the news recently had to do with this new law in the city of Albany, new, I believe, as of the 1st of January, but there was a news conference to talk about it, uh, to require safe storage of guns. How is this uh, law being implemented? Well, you know, this is just a common sense law that says if you have a gun, you need to store it safely. And, you know, if you purchase a gun today, it comes with a lock. But many people have guns that they may have inherited or purchased uh, before gun locks were provided with guns. And so we are distributing free gun locks. Anybody who wants a gun lock can come to our center or south station or the police headquarters on Henry Johnson Boulevard and get a gun lock from our police department. But it's really about responsible gun ownership. Now, of course, there has been some criticism of this from the the gun lobby or people who who have guns. I'll I'll be honest with you. You know, I'm just sort of this is not my particular view, but they say it's it's another intrusion. And the police, you know, now are responsible for something in a person's house. And once again, 
the uh, common refrain, it's only the law abiding who will uh, go along with this. Well, you know, I think it's critically important that if people have firearms, that they are made aware that they need to store them safely. And we have far too many tragedies. 174 children were killed in unintentional shootings in 2015. And we all remember the 12-year-old Wilton boy who was killed by a friend in 2010. Again, all because of unlocked guns. So this is something that would be enforced really once the police are in a home. And I think it's a reminder to gun owners that if you own a gun and you don't keep it locked safely and an accident occurs, this is yet another mechanism that we have for ensuring that people are held accountable for that. Also, uh, during the past week, more police officers were sworn in. That's right. We added to our police department 10 new officers. And, uh, you know, again, when we add new officers to fill vacant positions, it helps to keep the force at a a steady rate and uh, reduce overtime. And this week began with the observances of uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I gather that the uh, ceremonies in Albany were particularly moving this year. Well, they were. You know, the uh, state uh, under Governor Cuomo um, and the Office of General Services does a wonderful uh, celebration of Dr. King's life on Martin Luther King Day. And then we leave the plaza and the city of Albany hosts a march to the Martin Luther King Memorial. And we had a great crowd, even though it was bitter cold, uh, including many young children and students that on their day off from school came out to celebrate the life of, of Martin Luther King. We're talking with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan here on Talk of the Town. And now we're bringing in the Water Commissioner of Albany, Joe Coffey. He's Commissioner of the Department of Water and Water Supply, grew up in Albany, has a Master's in Environmental Engineering from RPI. He's been in leadership positions for two local engineering consulting firms. He came back to Albany to serve as water commissioner from South Carolina, where he was the director of an environmental consulting firm for nine years. I was just uh, talking with the mayor about some things in the news, Commissioner Coffey, and certainly water is in the news right now. Let's let's start locally. We have a local community, Hoosick Falls, and a community out in the uh, middle of, more middle of the country, uh, Flint, Michigan, having substantial water quality problems. You know, water contaminated with uh, lead in one case and another chemical that I can't even pronounce, I don't think, in the other. Maybe I should say this is not a problem in the city of Albany, but just hypothetically, are you guarding against such a thing happening here? Well, thank you for having me, Bob. There there are two things uh, to come to mind. The issue in Flint, Michigan, is about corrosive water. And, you know, in some cases, when public health is paramount, you can't uh, spend enough money to protect the the customers. In in the situation in Flint, uh, you have corrosive water, you have old pipes that have lead and uh, similar materials. So the water, when it's corrosive, will attack the pipe and will dissolve some of this material back in the water. So that's what created the lead problem. In Albany, we actually add chemicals to our water to prevent corrosive corrosion on the pipes because we, too, have a lot of old lead services in the city, and we have a lot mm-hmm. of iron pipes. So we add chemicals, we add lime, and that essentially deposits a film on the pipe that will prevent lead and copper from dissolving back in the water. And we measure that every couple of years, and we've been well under those those thresholds. In the situation in Hoosick Falls, uh, they have groundwater. is uh, 
their primary source, and I cannot pronounce that chemical either, <laughs> but sometimes these uh, chemicals can get into the water through atmospheric discharges from these industrial plants, and there's a lot of ways that this stuff can get into the water. Uh, we're fortunate in our case because our water supply is from the Alcove Reservoir. It is probably one of the most pristine surface water supplies in the Northeast, and we are blessed having that because we don't really have those types of uh, impacts on the watershed, which creates these water quality problems. I was going to ask you that. Where does Albany's water come from? And it's the this reservoir, the Alcove Reservoir? It does, Bob. The Alcove Reservoir was uh, constructed back in the mid-20s. And when you go back and look at the history of the Albany water system, the folks and the engineers that uh, thought this up were brilliant. Uh, the Alcove uh, Reservoir was constructed as a result of putting a dam on the Hanacroy Creek in the town of Queemans uh, from 1928 to 1932. It impounds about 12 billion gallons of water. And that's our sole surface supply. Uh, Mayor Sheehan, do you have something for the commissioner? Well, the reservoir is pristine. It is an incredible uh, water resource that we have. And water is critically important to economic development. It's all interrelated. So our ability to be able to provide you know, clean, great tasting. It's often award-winning, you know, well-known water, but also water for commercial purposes is part of the reason that we are able to um, continue to see opportunities for economic growth in the city of Albany. But it would seem to me, as with so many things, it's eternal vigilance. I I believe that the folks in Hoosick Falls years ago, or some years back, not that many, their water was also seen as as great. I guess you you have to just keep testing. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we continue to invest in our water treatment plant and in our testing. And, you know, I I walk into the treatment plant and don't quite understand what's going on, but uh, the commissioner, I'm sure, can talk about the processes that we use to Mm. make sure that we're testing it. The other thing we do, too, Bob, is we test uh, all of our water supply. uh, Every year we have an annual water quality report that we provide. Mm -hmm. And we test for all kinds of organics and semi-volatile organics and contaminants and metals. And uh, we have been fortunate to never find those contaminants in our water supply. I'm Bob Cudmore. We're joined by the mayor of Albany, Kathy Sheehan, and also the city water commissioner, uh, Joe Coffey. Uh, we've been talking about stories in the news about water uh, problems elsewhere. Uh, let me uh, go to the uh, commissioner uh, once again with this one. Uh, before the break, we were talking about how you have to keep testing the water. But, I mean, another general issue, is it not? It must affect Albany, I would imagine, is uh, the, that old uh, the, the word infrastructure. I mean, we've got a very, uh, here in the Northeast, we have an old infrastructure, do we not, for uh, for many things, but certainly including our water supply. We do, Bob. In fact, uh, probably, I think it's 35% of our water mains in the city predate 1900. And we do have an aging infrastructure. And I read uh, Chris Whelan, my friend over in Troy, said if they replaced all the water mains in the city of Troy, it probably cost them somewhere north of $250 million. And we've got 380 miles of pipe in the city of Albany. And if we made an effort to replace all of that, we'd be north of $500 million. Mm, So mm. that's not a realistic uh that's not a realistic project for us. So what we are trying to do, and it's not always the age of the system. In fact, some of the old cast iron pipes that we have that are 100 years old, they're very thick. And the thicker the pipe, you know, they, they, they don't have the tendency to fracture and get hammer holes from pressure as much as some of the newer duct iron pipe. A lot of it is the soils that the pipe is installed in. And a lot of it is pressure fluctuations that we have. But we're trying to look at it more from an asset management program. When we look at all of our infrastructure first, we want to map it. 
And then we want to look at two things. We want to measure what is the risk of that particular pipe to fail. And if mm -hmm. it does fail, what are the consequences? So, for example, if you have a, a water distribution pipe that uh, fractures and you lose service to 25 homes, actually it's not fun if you're one of the 25 homes, but if we have a water pipe that fractures and fails and we lose service to Albany Medical Center or SUNY Poly mm -hmm. or you know one of a, a large nursing facility, that obviously has a much higher consequence. Mm -hmm. So that's how we want to manage looking at replacing our, our infrastructure. And talking about news, and you alluded to Troy, but also in, in the news this week, the city of Troy had such a, a major uh, water main break. They did, and when I saw that on the news, the first thing I wanted to make sure that wasn't in the city of Albany. We had one of ours last year on Central Avenue, 20-inch uh, valve failed, and I think we lost 5 to 8 million gallons. Really? And, uh, you know, th those things happen, and frankly, you can't always predict it. Uh, they probably were looking at that particular pipe that was a riveted uh, steel pipe, which is a little bit different construction. That's 100 years old. You know, they tend to fail a little bit also, but... You know that to replace that pipe is going to cost them two million dollars. It happens in uh, you know many cities. You know, and uh, I used to be covering news over the Mohawk Valley, and it was frequently happening there. How do you fix these? Let's say uh, the major one. Uh, um, uh, what, what can you do? Or well, anyway, how do you fix them? Well, in some cases, uh, you know, traditionally, you know, I've worked in consulting engineering for years, so generally, how you fixed it is that you would simply replace the pipe with another pipe in kind. You may change the type of pipe. You may use uh, a different kind of material, and in some cases now they actually have uh, new technologies that will allow you to line the pipes, so you can actually line a pipe, it maintains structural integrity, and the lining will prevent that pipe from failing and also would eliminate some of the corrosion issues. So there are some new technologies that are available now. Mm. Uh, Mayor, do you... Well, and I think, you know, we do a good job of... Um, making sure that we're doing preventive maintenance. So we will scope pipes. We try to anticipate um, and put pipes on an inspection schedule, you know, particularly some of the more critical pipes that uh, um, the commissioner was alluding to. And so, you know, just as he said, just because a pipe is 100 years old doesn't necessarily mean that that pipe needs to be on a replacement schedule. Um, we really have to look at the integrity mm -hmm. of the whole system and we have been, uh, you know, relatively fortunate, but um, we know that in the wintertime, especially this time of year, mm -hmm. pipes are going to break. Um, and uh, we're really looking at how we can find the most cost-effective way to rate payers to maintain the infrastructure um, and to have a replacement mm -hmm. schedule that's going to allow us to, again, you know, not hit rate payers with, you know, these huge costs. Now, it seems that there are a lot of uh, water main breaks in the winter. Uh, and uh, Commissioner Coffey, is it the obvious reason? I mean, because it's cold? I mean, that, that makes it uh, more likely to happen? Yes. Uh, we refer to this as silly season. I uh, see. We probably have more than half of our uh, water main breaks occur in three months, December, January, and February. And it really, as frost gets in the ground, the ground moves and puts a little bit different pressure. So the pipes actually move. And It'll put a little pressure on the joints, and, and in some cases, if, if a pipe is close to a fail mode, putting that additional pressure on from frost in the soil, that puts it over the top. And it not only happens to uh, city or village uh, water mains, but it happens to, to peop you know, people's residences. I know, you know I've been you know, concerned about this myself, my own home. Is there something that you can do, you know, the homeowner or, or renters can do to uh, you know, keep their water running? 
Well, a couple of things happened with the water services, and it's ironic when I lived in South Carolina, uh, the water services down there are like a foot deep. And a lot of times the water service into the home is in an uninsulated crawl space. And if it gets under, you know, 30 degrees for three or four nights down there, everybody's water lines freeze. Mm. So what they do is they tend to leave the water dripping a little bit. We, we really don't have as much of that problem in the city of Albany, but we have a couple things that happen. When water services are less than four feet deep, they probably will get subject to some frost. Last year, we actually had frost that went down about five feet. It was a brutal winter. Uh, so what we recommend people to do, if you've had any issues in the past with your water service freezing, two things we'd recommend. One, in some cases, you could put heat tape on it. And secondly, if you can't put heat tape, it's inaccessible. When you know you're going to get in that situation where it's going to be below zero or frigid temperatures, mm -hmm. extended period, three, four days in a row, leave the water running a little bit. It doesn't have to be running a lot, just a kind of a, a quick drip. And that generally will keep uh, the water line from, from freezing. For a lot of us in our own homes, the, the hair dryer is the uh, tool of choice. Is that a bad idea? Or what no, do you think? but no? Uh, you probably go through a few hair dryers. Heat tape is generally something that uh, a lot of folks are using now, and that works pretty well. Mm. And there's been a lot of uh, work done specifically on Quail Street uh, this year. Is is this involved the water system, or at least in part? It was more on the sewer side, actually. Quail Street was a demonstration project for green infrastructure that the city planning department uh, submitted a grant application for, I'm guessing maybe three years ago. And they were successful in getting a grant from the Environmental Facilities Corporation for $1.8 million. The city matched that with a couple hundred thousand dollars, and then the water board uh, took the project over, and we added about $600,000 more to increase the scope of that project. And what we've essentially done with this demonstration project is to construct a bioretention basins, which collect and separate the storm runoff from Quail Street uh, in, these, in these retention bases under the sidewalk. And, and um, so we actually uh, remove floatables and some of the contaminants in the stormwater run it through these bioretention basins. And right now, uh, after the peak of the storm, it'll be returned to the combined sewers. We're capturing about three in the first three inches of rainfall in this project. In the future, we intend to actually take that project and connect it to a new project we're going to do on Elberon Place, separate stormwater there, and then run it down to Washington Park. So we're really trying to make an effort to eliminate some of the street flooding that we've had in that Quail Street and Elberon Place neighborhood for, you know, really the catastrophic flood that we had back in mm. August of 14. Are there other uh, water projects you want to mention in Albany? Well, we talked about uh, some, I'm not sure about water projects so much, but probably our, our principal projects this year go back to flood abatement that uh, the mayor and I made a commitment to our constituents and residents a couple years ago, or last year after the August 14 flood. Uh, we had standing water down near Hanson and Reichman Alley, and we made a commitment to address those pro those projects, and we were successful this year, again, in getting some consolidated funding mm -hmm. uh, grant uh, grant funds for that. We're constructing a, a constructed wetland mm -hmm. uh, off of Ridgefield Street, and we're constructing a infiltration gallery under the basketball courts on Woodlawn. Those two projects will collect and treat about 1 million gallons of stormwater falling uh, in that area. So if we had that same August 2014 storm, when those projects are completed, we will have no street flooding. And this is really about two things. First of all, um, you know, Albany was constructed, and and uh, if, you, if you had seen it back in the day, there were actually streams and rivers that, that, that ran, well, streams, I guess, yeah. that ran through much of the city that have been covered up and put in pipes. And so, you know, when people see water 
going over the banks of a of a stream, they say, oh, it's, you know, Mother Nature. But when they see it, you know, coming up through, um, you know, the pipes, they say, oh, you know, the city needs to do something about this. And the city does. I mean, you know, we inherited this infrastructure and we're committed to to reducing flooding. But the second thing is that with global warming and with climate change, we are seeing far more severe weather events where it doesn't just rain throughout the course of a day. We're getting these torrential downpours. That's the new normal. And we've got to adjust our infrastructure to be prepared for that. Before we run out of time, I want to get in uh, two other points. Um, when we talk about this, uh, Commissioner Coffee, with the mayor a couple of times, what about the goats at the reservoir, at the Alcove Reservoir? They were out there last year. Do you think they'll be back? Or? They'll be back. And, in fact, we had five goats out at the Loudonville Reservoir this year working with Heather Ridge Farms. And you always remember the names of the goats, Mayor. I never do. But they did a great job. <laughs> so we sent them back home for the winter to have uh, goat babies. And we want to bring 10 goats back to Loudonville next year and finish the work that they started. And their work the is cleaning the brush out. They, yeah, they actually eat the brush uh, around the parts of the reservoir that's very difficult for us to get equipment and people to work in. It's very steep slopes around portions of our uh, reservoir basins in Loudonville. So the goats did a great job. We got great coverage with it, too. It's in the Wall Street Journal, and our goats are famous. Okay. And also, even though we started out talking about some um, cities where there are, you know, problems with drinking water, um, so many people use bottled water these days. And I would presume, uh, Commissioner Coffey, you're more of a tap water. I mean, I honestly am. I, I drink water out of a bottle, but I put it there for my own tap. Bob, I'm uh, 65 years old, and I'm very cheap. Uh, for a thousand gallons of Albany water, our residents pay three dollars and sixty-one cents for one thousand gallons of water. W-R-O-W, Albany.